So as you rise, come on, clear your head. My baby, as you fall, so far down below. Say, my baby, you run so far away. You can't always doing just what you're told. See, my baby, I fear just like I've been spinning round and round, yeah. See, my babe, I've seen this all before, yeah. So watch me break the city down. So now as the day he's uh, reside tonight. Now baby, the stars, oh, the stars will shine like gold. See my babe, you run, you running so far away. You always doing just to watch your toe. Yeah. Now my baby, I feel all just like I've been spinning round and round. Oh by my. See, my babe, I've seen this all before, yeah. So watch me break that city down. Oh, my baby, I feel. My baby, I, I feel as the flames begin to die. Now the stars, oh, the stars will come back once more. See, my babe, you run, you running so far away. Now you come beneath my open door. Mm -mm. Oh, now no more. Oh, my baby, I feel. Just like I've been spinning round and round, yeah. Now, my babe, I've seen this all before, yeah. So, watch me break that city down. Oh, damn, damn, babe. Now, my babe, I've seen this all before. So, watch me break that down. Welcome to another edition of Guitar Tales. I'm Dave Cohen. I'm thrilled to be here. This is episode six. I want to thank our great folks over here at Riverview Studios. This is an absolutely amazing studio here. Uh, if you have any filming needs at all, 
check out the studios. I say this every week and I mean it every week. We sit on the banks of the Delaware River. This is a gorgeous, eclectic, beautiful studio. But what I didn't talk about last time is the uh, top shelf equipment we have here. Uh, everything's in HD. Uh, we have multiple live cameras going on. Uh, fantastic and talented folks. Unlike previous shows, I actually uh, got to work the jib today, which is a word I did not know other than sailing before today. And I got to hear uh, Jim behind the microphone, really creatively working with Jamie and Monica. Absolutely fantastic creative work. If you have any filming needs, uh, what we normally do here is show some of the interior shots of this absolutely beautiful studio. Uh, so thank you again, Riverview Studios, for um, helping us keep this show going. Again, episode six, and we have uh, seven, eight, and I think nine lined up already. Um, Special shout out to Scott Engel, Scott Guitar Assist Engel, who probably did the best promo in the history of promos for our fantastic guest I'll be talking about in a little bit. And uh, special thanks to our friend of the show, Todd Yasui, who is scheduled uh, to film with us in August. He's the uh, producer of Red Table. We were talking about that before the show, Emmy Award winning Red Table. He'll be on uh, early August of this year. All of that being said, thank you for coming. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I appreciate so, it. You know, I, the only bad thing, I didn't get to hear you as well as I usually hear a guest because I was screwing up the cameras. No, you were, you were putting in work. That was great. Oh, I appreciate it. Uh, you are, I don't know if you know this, you are Charles Larita. I've been known to be. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and your band, I don't have to look, usually I look at my notes, but I have, and I will show them. A couple of CDs you were kind enough to bring for me. I always forget the name of the bands from my groups. You are not the Mischiefs, you're the Mischief. Yep, thank you. Charles Larita and the Mischief, if we want to get a camera shot. You were kind enough not only to bring for me, but for the studio here at Riverview. You brought CDs for each of us, and these are your CDs. Uh, perhaps even more meaningful <laughs> is you brought a signed poster. From one, I'm assuming this is from one of your videos. Yeah, that was that was the, just the album cover that we did. That's the oh, that's full the full version of the album. So cover. everybody signed it. Yep, got all the band, everybody to, to be on there. So. Yeah. <coughs> the only bad thing for today is there's really nothing left for me to talk about because Scott. <laughs> for, well, besides the fact that we've been chatting for the last hour. That's true. Yeah. Um, Scott did such a good promo. He's captured who you are. So we're done. That, yeah. I um just roll credits. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> now you, you know, I said, and Scott didn't put it in his um, in his little promo. I, I hear a lot of Maroon Five in you, and I hear your vocal phrasing. I've gotten that once or twice before. That's cool. I mean, yeah. I, I I loved what you did. I love thank you how rhythmic thank you are, and I promoted with a video you did, that's phenomenal. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, and it, it's such an homage to the, um, I guess probably the 50s or 60s horror movies. Yeah, like late, late 50s, early 60s. Oh, it's fantastic. Thing. What's the name of that song? It's Ruled the World. Okay. It's actually, it's the, the first track on our, our EP, the album with the white cover. And I don't, held up. oh, it's so good. And I don't know what I liked better, the, um, the video or the song, because they're both fantastic. Thank you very much. Now, you play very funky. That's what I like. That's um, uh, just how I try to play. Uh, before we get deeper into everything, you know what time it is. I. Yeah, it is six <laughs> degrees of John Bon Jovi. I'm in. I'm ready. We haven't talked in our little pre-interview. Mm -hmm. I've heard a rumor that you were one degree removed. One, one degree. All right, let's hear it. Yes. I did a Christmas benefit concert and shared the stage with Richie Sambora. That's one degree touched removed. Touched him. Physically, not emotionally touched him, I don't think. Right. But actually, you know, shook his hand. And that's, it's, it's a wonderful story that goes with it. Oh, let's hear it. So... He, when he got to, to said benefit concert, you know, everyone's crowded. He meaning John. Not John, it was Richie. It was Richie. Richie. Okay. When Richie came to said <clears throat> benefit. So I guess that would definitely be the one degree. And what's the name of the benefit? It was Ernie Waite's Christmas show. 
that he does. Ernie White is, I know Ernie White is, he's a big musician. Yeah, from in, the Trenton, in, uh, area. Trenton Hamilton yep, yep, area. Yep, yep, I know. And we, uh, Richie was a surprise guest and only a couple people knew that it was going to happen. Okay. And then there was obviously rumors, like, oh, maybe John's gonna show up as well, but it was, it was just Richie who, who came. And everyone, you know, was crowding around him the whole time. And I was like, right. I'm gonna give the guy space, because he looks like he's, he's <coughs> getting bombarded a lot. So, middle of the show is kind of happening, and I'm going down the, the, the hallway, kind of going to the green room, and he's coming back the other way. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna shake his hand, just I'll be nice. I put my hand out, and I'm saying, hey, Richie, it's really nice to meet you. He has my hand and goes, get me some water, and then just keeps walking the other direction. <laughs> and that was my, my Richie Sambora That's a good interaction. story. So I um, undisclose whether I did or did not get him water from that uh, okay. interaction. I don't, I, I, you know, but he could have gotten himself some water okay. at that point, but that's my, my one degree. That's a good story. My one degree away. So at some point, I'm assuming that he and John had so, touched so hands, you think and I got that from his hand. So you think he's probably met John Bon Jovi? That would be your guess. I would think maybe he knew who he was. Okay. So <laughs> at that, one point. Now, here's what I want to say, and I will address the camera in a minute. You are now the reigning champion Thank of you. Six Degrees of John Bon Jovi. Thank you. You are, so it goes from you, you don't count, and it just Richie to John. You're one, you're one degree. I'll take it. Here's what I'm going to say. There no. is only one person no. in the oh. entire world who can beat you at this game. John Bon Jovi himself. I was supposed to leave that hanging, but that's okay. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. No, it's all good. <laughs> so there's only one person, and John, you are about 40 miles away on Route 195 from where we are now. I'm just throwing it out there. All right. So now let's talk about you. Sure. Okay. So, um, you know, we love to talk about gear. We love to talk about music. Of course. You are also sending another record. You're our youngest guest so far. Nice. How old are you? 28. Okay. Don't tell anyone. Okay. Oh. All right. Oops. Now, so you brought two guitars with you. I did. I'm loving that guitar. Let's grab it, this play guy it. This here, sure. Let's talk about it a little bit. This one, not plugged in at the moment. We were plugged Oh, let's in. plug it in. Sure. Okay. We, um, this guy was the first guitar that I, I'm so sorry, no, uh, the first guitar that I had bought myself, and it's my second guitar that I have. And, and as I understand it, you, know, you brought two guitars, you have many guitars at I home. I do. All right, and, and we talked a little bit, we, more than any guest I've had so far, we pre-interviewed. We, 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 yeah. If it was on tape. That's just conversation it, with me. I right. Mean, that's how it works. It's all good. Uh, this guitar, I'm gonna talk about this guitar. Because on the headstock, it says Ibanez. And I said to you before we started, if you just had nothing there, like you could literally like, you know, kind of black that out and say, well, this was a custom built guitar. I paid $3,000 for it. It's that pretty. Yeah. It's, um, you got it when you were 11? I was 11. Yeah, so. I was, I saved up all my allowance for it. And I was, I was incredibly proud. It's my only guitar I own that has a name that I've named. What's the name of it? Jasper. This is Big Black Jasper. So why, why Jasper? What does that mean? I had a rat. <laughs> For a pet. I had many over the years. I, I had my. You don't mean mouse. You don't mean gerbil. You oh, mean I mean rat. rat. Okay. And Jasper was the second one that I had ever had, and he was he was really shy. He was a really cute little boy, and he was a purebred black rat, like from a breeder. And the, okay. the the rule with rats is the darker the color, the larger they get. So he was a really big boy, but he was absolutely sweet. Um, and a lot of people don't know about rats. You know, they're they're really intelligent. They're smarter than dogs and cleaner than cats, and they're really cool. And so this was this was kind of named in his honor. That is amazing that on this show, on Guitar Tales, yeah. we just learned a lot about rats. I, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I, yeah. I, it's, imp it's important for people to know because it ho is. Hollywood gives them a very bad rap. This, uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> now I'm, I'm, all right, this guitar is stunning. Um, Thank you. 
if you, let me grab it for a moment. Sure, I just want to show for, for the camera. So what I, one of the things I love, there's, there's a really subtle contour here. It's got one of the deepest lacquers, if that's the right, lacquer? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what I also like is that the trim is really muted and subtle. It's not a bright white. Uh, it's got a gorgeous finish. One of the other things I love is, look how the strings mount. It, it's I'll give you a shot, a chance to get that shot in there. And then, they, you know, they obviously it goes through the body. I love how they're offset like that. The other thing that I think is stunning about it is that the simple um, yeah. pickup holders, that, did it come like this with the stainless yeah. oh, steel? Yeah, everything is stock. I don't alter any, any of my things. This, any of my I mean, th that's really pretty. Uh, it, it's light. I mean, the body's medium heavy, but, um, but the neck is very light. Overall, it's a light guitar. It's got sealed machine heads. Mm -hmm. we, uh, we had a Gibson here, a gorgeous Gibson with open machine heads, which that's, really surprised that me. That is very cool, because you don't see that on Gibsons a lot. No, and it's, it's a one-piece. But this this really grabbed me. It just it. It's beautiful. Me being 11 years old and not having any idea what sex appeal was, I kind of thought this is what it would have been. That's that. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's that's like, really, like, the, the fact that it's an Ibanez is surprising. Not that they're a bad company. No, well, they're that's, great. When you think of Ibanez, you don't think of a guitar that looks like this. I'm not. I was never a a pointy guitar kind of person. It's okay. for me personally. It's got to have curves. It's yeah. got to. That's. It's got to be curvy. Um, and, and this really just grabbed me, and I, I sat down and played it, and I, I just fell in love with it, me being 11 years old. And now, I still, you, this is still my favorite guitar. Do you guitar. ever, like, you know, polish it up? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. It's just the most difficult thing <clears throat> with, I even polished it before I got here, and just, you know, handling it, it's, it's black guitars. It's just fingerprint city. Yeah, I bet. And, and it's that's like, like a car. It's like that, a black car. Yeah, I mean, and that was when I was, you know, 10, 11, starting to play. I was, my first two guitars were black, and I was like, I'm gonna have all black guitars, because I'm, you know, rock and roll, and then they all gradually- Clearly you did. They all gradually went, and got yeah. like, whiter and lighter right. over, over time. Now, it's really, and you got, I'm assuming those are DeMarzios or something similar to that. Yeah, they're the, the Ibanez DeMarzios that are in here. Okay. And it's cool, because the bridge system at the time was new, it's a Gibraltar bridge. Oh, okay. Which is very, very cool, and it was just, they're so easy to adjust for intonation. Now, do you ever take the pick and move it, or the pickup and move it up and down to? Not so much. I kind of these have been set there for all these years. So, did you ever even adjust it once? Uh, when I when I initially got it, it was, okay. it was set up. But and for me, I mean, I'm I am a neck pickup player for everything. Yeah, I noticed um, that you you're not a big trouble-ish kind of. No, guy. that's that's my sound. Uh, it's yeah. always that kind of rounder, warmer. Kind yeah. of feel I've always liked a lot. And, and you need punch because you're playing very percussively. It's incredibly, I, that's the word, percussively. Yeah. Uh, that that. And, and you're a fan of doing the. Um, hold on. What's this <laughs> called again? It's. Oh. What is this called when you do the? Um, uh, what is that? Oh, the octaves. Thank you, mm -hmm. octaves. So you you do a lot of octaves that, with your song. Yeah, I would say that yeah. that fattens it up a lot. Yeah. Um, and I mean, a lot of times I'm, when I play or how I write my stuff, a lot of my guitar parts I'm singing over top of are also going unison with the bass parts. Okay. So the bassist and I a lot of times are doing the same thing. Like the, now, um, let me ask you this. When you say the bassist, are you playing the bass at least on the track that's recorded? I know you have a full band, mm -hmm. but I also know you do, you write, you do your, you literally did your own videos, which we'll talk yeah. about. <laughs> Are, when you're recording it, are you doing the deal where you play everything, but then to play live, you need the other musicians? There's really only been one track that I had done on our, on our full-length album that I did bass for because our bassist at the time had left the group. Okay. Very ill-timed, because uh, we were okay. still were in the studio recording. I, I mean, I write everything, and my, my favorite thing to do is it's, I go to our players and I'll be like, this is the part I have, play it like you. 
Okay. And that's my favorite. That's my favorite thing to do because then it's like, oh, they put a little bit of them into it, and, right, and it right. kind of makes it now their own style. Even though there is a specific part that's going with the drums and the horns and and myself and everything. And okay. I mean, it it also is kind of the reason too that I've only ever been the only guitarist in any group I've been in. So you never had like you haven't been leading as a rhythm behind you or no, anything. No, it's always been myself. I always go back and forth. Um, just because percussion is always very important, and I, I like it's. It really changed my my outlook on it is the the kind of James Brown outlook, which is every instrument is a drum. Right, right. And I had never thought of it like that before. He I, was a taskmaster. Oh Holy boy. shit. See, I don't run like that. I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I'm more so instead of a boss, I'm a leader. Where it's I'm, okay. I'm out on the front with those guys like right. that. But I did like that outlook. I thought that was very very important, and that kind of changed how I looked at a lot of things. Wow, it's a drum. It's See, percussion. It's all percussion. And, and you don't have, you, know, you don't have volume wars with another guitar player. No, because guitar that's. The thing is, I play guitar and I think like a bassist, and that really? changes the complete outlook. Where it's, I always, I always, music is always food. So a lot of times when it's a lot of guitarists and groups, it's you're, it's a nice cake and you are the icing right on top. Uh. My group is a gumbo. Every ingredient is has a purpose and it's got to be there and it's got to work together, or it's not going to taste that. Good. You know what's funny? I've used the cake analogy for years. Ice, icing, gumbo. you got to get on that gumbo. Yeah, icing is <laughs> delicious. It is great, but it doesn't nourish you. No. You know, and, and it might taste good, and we use the term all the time. But at the end of the day, mm -hmm. icing doesn't fill your soul. No, and I mean gumbo would. Oh well, gumbo yeah. soul food. That's yeah. the best. You yeah, can it's have. the best. Yeah. I mean, and and that's. I kinda... have a daughter who's going to Tulane in a couple of months. Oh, so, so there, there you go. go. But that's I love you know, gumbo. So yeah. I never, I never did have another guitar. It's just because of of the percussion. It, it's I like doing it all myself, but and I have, like that feel. But you have more responsibility. And that's fine. Okay. I, I don't. I it's. I never look at it as a job. So it's never a responsibility to me. Well, just, here's a know. question that I don't know the answer to. I'm thinking, Stevie Ray, mm -hmm. would he play with other guitar players? It was usually just him, right? Sometimes his brother Jimmy. Well, yeah, I, I, I have one of their tracks. With, with he. The TikTok song. Yeah, oh, one exactly. One of the greatest yep. songs. Yep. But in general, like his band, he would sort of move from rhythm to lead. Oh, he was a very percussive, really incredibly percussive player, which yeah. falls right in that same category. And mm -hmm. he would just bounce back. And even just on the recording for studio, the same, the same kind of thing. Yeah, so show us. Um, Let's start with this. Show us with your left hand how you're going to mute the strings and create sure. some percussion. So that's actually the funny thing too is I do a lot of muting with my right hand. Okay, I, well, I have a very sloppy style down this end and I got that from a lot of bass work and I applied it to this. So a lot of the muting I'm doing is my fingers flapping all over the neck. Okay. And it's funny because a lot of people watching like, I can't tell what you're playing. Right, and right. I'm like, that's fine. Don't steal my secrets. Right. But So a lot of times it'll be, and I will lay fingers across the whole neck. Okay. So you're getting a note out of there, but you're muting to create the percussion. Exactly. So there is a little bit of muting down here, and a lot of times it's more muting down this way than this hand because I'm doing a lot of subdivision down here. So what, what is subdivision? So subdivision would be breaking the beat down. Let me so, show us. I don't know what that means. So a great example would be okay. when, when you count a song and it's one, two, three, four. And I always count it with a swing. So okay. the swing would be... You just did that. I did. Yeah. I, so yeah. you always have to swing it. Right. Um, Essentially, what that would be is your upbeat comes in just a little bit late. So instead of it being one and two and three and four, now it's one and two and three and four, and you can. You're accenting. Like You're exactly. It a little, it's it's yeah. a little bit of an accent. So if I was to keep it straight, though, um, you'd have it a quarter note, which would be your one, two, three, four. Then you subdivide it to an eighth. Now it's one and two and three and four. I'm gonna and cut you off. You know what's so cool? <laughs> We're getting really percussive now. It's great, but you know what's interesting? Last time we had Steve Bello on, mm -hmm. your teacher's coming out right now. It is a little bit. I, no, in a good way. Did you in a practice? Good, what? Sorry, the teacher just came yeah. out. Oh, that was, that was great. Yeah, they, yeah. I'm just kidding. No, I know. Um, but what I watched just now is I could picture you teaching your students 
in the exact same fashion that you just did. But we're having fun with it though, right? Yeah, oh yeah. That's the well, most important part. Well, you can't <laughs> teach if you're not having fun. fun. That's exactly No, I true. meant that as a compliment, mm -hmm. is that I'm listening to you, mm -hmm. and I'm thinking that must be how your students hear it when you're teaching them the more advanced levels of percussion. Which is kind of funny too, um, in, in that regard, because I don't really play too much in front of my students. It's uh, Whenever we're in the room and I have a guitar student or what, what have you, it's always I have a bass with me. And my whole kind of outlook on it was music is always a language. Right. And when you're learning to speak when you're young, your parents are never like, oh, here's a list of words, go in your room for 30 minutes and practice. You learn from being with them, and they were doing it, so you started to So do you're, it. when you're teaching someone guitar, you've got a bass. I play, so I'm now accompanying them. Because oh, my, my problem I have with a lot of other uh, teachers who I would worked with and things, it was their student play guitar and they'd be strumming, and then the teacher would just be like shredding on top of them. Yeah. And I never That's wanted to do that. I wanted to accompany, and I think it's now it's like you have the spotlight. Like this is cool. That's really know? clever. And I, and I like that because now it's a, it's a different ingredient in that gumbo. Right. But it's this, we're going to the same thing. So, so you're still gumboing it. Oh, with we're your still students. we're still cooking. We're still cooking. It's just it's a, I'm just you know playing something different, and it's funny because it was. I think last week one of my students said, I've never really seen you play. And I didn't mind that because I never want to be the person to show off. But but, no. but the nice thing about it is when they're asking you, mm -hmm. then it could serve as an inspiration. Which is which is even cooler. You know, so. like my son's a big sports kid, and every so often you might get one of the coaches who could say, check this out. Yeah. And then yeah. The, the, the children will get inspired by that. And, and, and if they're inviting you, they're opening it up. Yeah. Because, you. I mean, I think my whole attitude has just really changed a lot from being younger till you know, I, dude, I use maturing dude, loosely. Dude, you're, you're young. Stop. Right, but, but from when I yeah, started until yeah, now, yeah. and it was, I was, you know, very competitive, and I used to okay. do a lot of contests when I was younger, and a lot. Did of you really? Oh yeah. And then I kind of realized I was like, that's not the point of this for me. That was right, my. No, I was like, that's yeah. it's the language is to communicate, not show off how big your vocabulary is, and I think that that speaks a lot. No pun intended. That's another good. That's a great metaphor. Yeah, I, I always. It's always. It's always language. Everyone always says, you know, laughter is the universal language. But I know there's some some places yeah. in the world they don't really like laughter too much. But music usually can always translate. But you're bringing me back to Scott when he, you know, he was talking about either you're shredding or you're entertaining mm -hmm. people and making them feel good. Yeah. And that's the same message you're giving. That's what it always. Because is. what you're really saying is you're making it about the people who are going to appreciate either the art you're of creating course. or the performance you're performing. And it's not about bringing all the attention on you. No, and that, that's what it always, it's it, always that kind and of And it's nice to hear that evolution in someone who's sub-30. Yeah, I, I, um, that just was, had always been a philosophy for me, for especially like just m maturing musically and just having a better understanding of it. And it was like, oh, maybe I don't need to be competitive. It doesn't need to be a show-off thing. And it can be, I'm competitive with myself. I'm very, I have a very perfectionist nature, right. which is either my best friend or my worst enemy, depending on what day right, it is. Right, right, right. And, uh, but you know, that, that changes from day to day as well. So. so, so all right, so you're 28. We don't have a lot of history to cover. I'm That's making okay. fun of you because you're young. But, <laughs> all right, so you start playing guitar at 11. Yeah, 10 or all 11. Right. Yeah. Okay, 10 or 11. Around, I was 12. All right. Um, I played violin preceding that for a few really? years. Yeah. All right, so you must have a musical family? No, not really. At all. But it's funny because another person asked me recently, they were said, you know, who were one of your biggest musical influences? And I realized it was... One of them was my father, okay. which is cool. And he doesn't really play anything. But he enjoys music. He did a side gig as a disc jockey for years for you know weddings, parties, kind of things like that. And he would always make me mixtapes of just oh. whatever. And that was great at a young age because it taught me to throw genre out the window and not worry about it. Because I, I come into that with a lot of students and a lot of people I know. They're, they have such a tunnel vision 
mm -hmm. where it's like it only can be one genre and that's it, and everything else is terrible. Everything I have suffered sucks. from that. Yeah, I mean we all yeah. have, and and yeah. just to and I I'm grateful that I was, you know, really taught at a young age where it's like, is this a good song? That's all that matters. It's subjective music, where it's, it's yeah. where it's good or bad music. Those are your genres. I, I mean that's subjective as well, but yeah. it's it's that idea where it's so th I was you know, in third grade when I learned to play violin. Really? And the reason I wanted to play violin was because of the Spice Girls. That was the group that got me into music, where I was like, oh my God, I want to do this. And I still, to this day, love them. And to this day, I still get guff for that. You know, people still are like, well, you know, this isn't a guitar. No one's holding a guitar here. And it's always, the, it, it's, I, I've, I've gotten that for so many years. With but it's music. Exactly. It's music, it feels, it moves, it has a pulse. Right, and it makes right. it makes me happy. So I at that point don't think it's bad. Well, Scott nailed you. Like yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, like when he, he did, did the promo, he mm -hmm. he was talking about all of your different influences. He's talking about the jazz influence. You, you I don't know if he said it. You've got funk in you. Like yeah, you, that's you've I got mean, a, that's a big a big piece of it. Yeah. Um, which is which is cool because that was you know more so brought out with this with my original band, which was great. Because preceding that, I had a blues trio. Yeah, I, well, I heard blues in your the two songs very, you did. Very I heard a lot so. of blues coming through. And it's it's funny because it was I say blues trio and I use that roughly because essentially what we would do it was a cover group at the time and I was just starting to write and we were covering stuff but we didn't cover all of the basic kind of bar band songs. We did whatever I wanted in our style. Okay. And I always realized you know and that's when I started to see it's you either you're covering a song or you're imitating a song and there's a very big right. difference. So that's I love you, taking yeah. things and putting my spin on it. So wh who would you do when you had your? Uh, uh, we would do the Eurythmics. We would do Madonna. We would do Johnny Cash. We would, we now would, you're calling that a blues band. Yeah, and Let we me, would do it in in my style. We would do it, it was very blues. Let's hear it. Let's hear oh, it. so so what we would do instead? Um, I so like that you had an extra pick there because you dropped the other. Yeah, one. I no, did. That, that, was that was that was smooth. It was smooth, yeah. and you play it off. Yeah. So what I would always do, especially um, as bluesy as it was, so I always loved when I was younger. Johnny Cash was really big for me. He was okay. cool. The dude, dude was kind of a badass. The Man in Black. Yeah, or, of course. Yeah. And. His style was always the, for that kind of, you know. Which is probably hard. It has its moments to yeah. do the bass part and then the shuffle thing. But instead of doing it like that, we would always do um, like a. So you're playing a ninth right now. You could do, you could ninth chord the hell out of that thing. Yeah, I hear that yeah. train coming, rolling around the bend. Well, I ain't seen that sunshine since I don't know when. See, I'm stuck in false prison, and my time keeps dragging on. You Keep do, going. You can do the whole thing like that. So here's the funny thing. And people love it or they hate it, because I, I had a lot of people who would really That's hate fantastic. It. <laughs> but I don't care. So, you know, so about 20 years ago, 20 years ago, uh, Billy Joel went to Trenton State College and did one of those things where he talks a little bit and plays a little bit. And he would say, well, you know, what's the song with the great piano intro? Um, oh, boy. Angry Young Man, right? Yeah. Yep. Or, or is that Angry Young Man? Yeah. When he hammers? Yeah. So he's, well, you know, I kind of put it together and he starts playing it and then he fucking stops. <laughs> and I'm like, just keep going. Yeah. That was so good. I didn't oh, want you I'm to so stop. I'm so sorry. No, don't be sorry, but I'm, but I'm complimenting you. Thank you. I but, appreciate But it was that. funny because I'm watching that and I want to hear what he has to say. He's, yeah. he's Billy Joel. And well, he's, a, yeah. he's, he's, our, he's a gift to us. Mm -hmm. And then he would start a song. And he's like, oh, anyway, so that's how I put it together. I'm like, no, it's so good. It great. was a lecture, not a concert, I guess. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was. It was, it was like a town hall-ish kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. Thank you. Just do a few more bars Yeah, of that. so I mean, that's... that's that was you know. really good.
That's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and you know what I like about that? I, I posted something on our Guitar Tales page the other day. Pete Townsend oh, yeah. uh, did this fantastic version of Magic Bus. Cool. And, and I love the way he introduces it because he, he just went on there and, and he, he's, he's so sarcastic all the time. He says, I've got the guitar and it's a, it's a 54 Fender Telecaster <laughs> from a company. You know, and he, he does this whole thing. Yeah. And this is how it's supposed to sound. And he just, it's the best thing that ever happened to that guitar. But what, you just did something similar. There's a metronome in your head. Oh, it's, it's all about feel. Yeah. It's there, all about There's feel. no drummer in this room. There's no drummer in this studio. This, but was, when, this was the drum. Right. And, <laughs> and you could have had empty space. You could have stopped for three, four, five bars, and it would have picked up right where you left off because I heard that metronome in your yeah. head. And that's one of the things I like about it. It's always it. nice because... Any instrument, luckily, thankfully for me, I'm happy it does exactly what I tell it to, for the most part. It usually can. That's pretty cool. And what I did there, then demonstrating within this complete ridiculous full circle, right. that was subdividing it to a 16. Show it, then what do you mean by that? Because I didn't so get that. So we were doing the quarter note. We were going, you know, we're going one, two, three, four, and then you hit the upbeat. So now you do an eighth note. So it's one and two and three and okay. four. And. So now instead of subdividing to a 16th, you're doing four beats for every quarter note. Okay. So it's one E and a two E and a three E and a four right. E and a... And that's kind of, that's my main, my main gig. Now do you, I'm noticing, I'm watching your left thumb. Mm -hmm. Will you use that to mute the, uh, the low E a lot? Sometimes. Not, not necessarily. I mean, I, I just, I have very big skeletal hands. So, okay. so they're either, so it's either kind of hanging here or bouncing around. It, it kind of right. depends what I'm doing. So like when you're muting, you're going to use your pointer a little more on Yeah, e. it's a lot of times I, I'm using a lot of my pinky and my third finger. My okay. Fourth, my fourth and third are kind of flapping all over and, and kind of doing a lot right. of stuff like that, which is a weird, gross looking technique, but it does exactly, yeah, it works. Does exactly what I you're do. You're very so. percussive. I, thank you. Now, more important than you, more important than me, I've been ignoring our most important guest of tonight. Yeah. And you know who our most important guest is. Oh, well, <laughs> I'll so, just leave. So, yeah. if you want so uh, my dream amp, uh, the camera's in the exact right place. Um, <laughs> you brought, and I didn't see this until you were walking, you brought a Mesa Boogie. I did. That, that's my dream amp. And, and what I love about this amp, is it's not, it's not even remotely new. I, oh, God, I, I've no. checked out the back. The wiring looks old. I believe it's 80s. Yeah. I, I believe this, this 22 is from the 80s. And I'm really upset you don't know the history of Mesa Boogie. I don't. So You're going to have to teach me. We're going to tell it again. <laughs> so, and I, I know it's very Wikipedia-able, so I'll get it a little bit wrong. But there was a gentleman, I think, on the West Coast who was fixing amps for people, just as sort of a side gig. And as a joke for a friend, took an old Fender Champ amp and put uh, the guts of something like a Marshall inside and put a better speaker in. Yeah. So when his friend goes to pick up his little 15-watt champ amp, which is a wonderful amp that's to begin with, amp. Yeah. got this insanely powerful, wonderful amp. And, that's, and then people said, oh, can you do that for me? Can you do that for me? And, it, oh, and it I'm just, bastardizing it the story. No, that's, that's But cool. So Mesa Boogie is that. So this amp, I took a look at the back. I don't feel like doing it for the camera. <laughs> no, I will. Fine. Um, <laughs> you know you want to. I do. So take take your skull. I'll hold right these here. guys. Thank you. So guys. here's what's really cool. This thing is, by the way, about a. Whoop! I won't do that. It's about a thousand pounds, and the magnet. I, that's the first thing I looked Absolutely for. Absolutely enormous. It's got an Electro Voice speaker in there. That's got to be a ten pound magnet on that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I. Yeah. And it's... they don't build magnets like that anymore. If you get it. That's your reverb. Yeah. You've got a coil reverb going on in well. there. Yeah, you've got a coil reverb, and these days they do the stupid, you know, fake ones with the yeah. sampling and all that. 
And we'll talk about that, but that's got, that's, that's a serious amp. It's ex it, it should be about 15, 20 pounds. It's probably about 40 or 50. It's a big one. It, it's a little difficult for one person to carry, yeah. or at least for me to carry. And it even has, for that reason, it's got these side handles. Those were custom. We put those oh, guys did you? on. Okay. Yes, we did. But that, that's a serious amp. It's got an electric voice speaker inside. I, I once had one of those. They're fabulous. But that, that's a serious amp. It's a tube amp. That's one of my main gigging amps. That's, I, I would that's imagine. all you need, and we mic yeah. it, and it's just, it's, it's so warm, it's, it's fabulous. No, and it, and it gives the Fender Twin a run for its money. It if definitely not, does. And then some. It definitely does. But the, you know, like that amp right there, if you were to buy a used one, you'd probably spend about $2,000 for it. I believe it. easy. I believe but it. But th that's just a legendary amp, and to get one from the 80s, that's... Yeah. I think they started late 70s, I think. Yeah, I believe so. So that's, that's, that's really in the heyday, but... The, just the build quality, it's a simple amp, and it's known for its warmth. But, yeah. but really what the concept was is they're taking, I think, and the, the, everyone's going to write it and say, Dave, you got it wrong, but I, I'm close, That's I okay. think. But you're getting sort of that martial quality, but packed into a, a more compact amp. Most definitely. And I don't think they're built for the sort of the level of overdrive you're going to use with a Marshall. No. But, but it's got the warmth of a Fender Twin. I mean, most importantly, when you turned it around and looked inside, I mean, did you see the size of the balls on this thing? Because oh. they're pretty big. They're, it's got some big balls <laughs> it going definitely on. definitely works. That was good. You have me thinking, like, balls. Oh, I get it. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I'm so I, sorry. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so, all right. So we've got that. And then we've got another guest who's, it's kind of like, that's a tough act to follow. But it is a tough act to but follow. But let's talk about your other guest here. Sure. All right. My other one. All right. But she you, don't have a name. No? But she, she's cute, though. We just always call her the, the tomato cream. We, and I think the name, my, my bandmates and myself always uh, say, and I think the right. reason for that was we have a, a, our ritual is every every holiday for um, around the winter holidays, we always, I treat all my band guys out to dinner and we all, we all okay. go to this one Italian restaurant in the neighborhood and we always get, they have um, vodka rigatoni and it's like the best Which thing restaurant? Ever. Let's promote it. That would be Mama Rosa's, Where's which that? is right in Hamilton. Okay. Which is one of my, one of my favorite places. It's, it's our little neighborhood spot and it's just like good people, really great food. It's fantastic. You can't do bad in Trenton and Hamilton. Oh, God, no. Oh, oh, it's yeah. perfect. But it's funny because we were kind of saying, oh, this is the tomato cream guitar. And it kind of right. went with what we it's our like, favorite dish that we get there. So it's, it's a squire, but it's, real, it's really a telly. It is. It yeah. is. And I mean, I, um, you know, this was important for me because a lot of people always see, and I, I had very high sentimental value with my guitars. Right. They always mean something to me. And this was what I always call my car crash guitar. And why is that? I, um, we had my, my... By the way, that, that's insincere. I already know the story because we talked too no, much. But, but I want to hear it. Sure, no. Yeah. It's, I'll do it in, in wonderful, horrible detail. Okay. Um, we had, my band had been on a very long hiatus. It was about a year because our bassist had left. Okay. Very poorly timed. And we finally, you know, were trying out so many people. We got someone back in. And we had our first comeback gig. And it was packed house. It was fantastic. It was just dancing, energy. We loved it. And... The following day, I, um, I, you know, I was just put out a video online, and I was like thanking everyone for coming out. It was such a good show, and it was just it really felt warm. It was a right. great feeling. And then I had to go and get crickets for my pet frog. <laughs> and I go down the road about two minutes, and um, a 19-year-old gentleman, he was texting, and he crossed the yellow line and went right into the front of my car. Oh. And full speed, we both we hit head on. And it was crazy because just... Um, I still remember it was it was Madonna's Borderline was playing on the radio, which is my that's my favorite Madonna song. And the second we hit the um, the battery cut, so the music just stopped. Airbags come out, wow. stuff, shits just flying everywhere. Um, burn marks and blisters up and down my arms from the airbags. Just, uh, the, 
gunpowder that shoots the airbag. That was in my face. It was, it was not fun. I had bruises everywhere. Um, but I got out and walked away, and that's that's very huge. Important. That's huge. Um, and For I a head on, it's really. Huge. I immediately, you know, I had this big adrenaline rush. I I kick my way out of the car. I run. This it's like an accordion at this point, and I run to see if the other dude's okay, and he's good. And I couldn't even get back in my car to take the keys out. And I guess I just had such an adrenaline rush to kick my way out. Um, and yeah, that was that was crazy because there were a lot of kids I went to school with who died yeah. from that same crash. So I, I oh, from that exact crash. It's from that exact kind of thing where they just I don't know what happened, but wow. and so that was that was pretty horrifying. But the fact that I got out and walked away was That's gigantic. Was, was great. And so the following day, or the following the next day or two, I went to um, to work to teach lessons, and we just got this guitar, and it was on the rack. And the color grabbed me because it's not like a, a red. It's not a fire engine red. It's a pinkish kind of red. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's a pretty cool looking guitar. And I was pretty, you know, unhappy at the time because of just all this happening. And I sat down and played it. And I was like, wow, from just the shop, this plays great. This is awesome. It's a cheapie. I didn't care. I, pay, I literally paid for this with the big jar of coins in my, in my room. And I paid yeah. for it with loose change. Um, I love this guitar. So this is, I always call this my car crash guitar because it was kind of, it, it brought me out of, Right, right. That I was in, and um, you know, and I, I, I get a, a bad rap for it because I love gigging with this. It's, it's a such a workhorse. This thing. And, and it's funny. So you're a young guy. You got to beat that thing up because it, it looks like it's right out of the shop. Oh, I can't beat it up. That's that's disrespectful. Really? I can't. I was. I um. That's the. I it, mean, I understand if it's natural wear like this. No, I don't mean on purpose, yeah. but I mean through over the years. Oh, she'll she'll get yeah. she'll get some wear and tear, and that's fine because that's character. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I like absolutely. and character is beautiful. So, of course. So my issue with the Tele, mm -hmm. which is a wonderful guitar, the bridge. How do you deal with the muting with the bridge? I never like those bridges for muting. Uh, for hand pump? Yeah. I mean, I have these very long orangutan palms, right, so right. I've, I've never had too much of a problem. And I mean, more mainly it's the ball of my hand and, and kind of everything right, for, right. for laying down. My, my thing is, too, um, a guitar is a guitar is a guitar is a guitar. So I have, like, my collection is very eclectic. So what I, are you, yeah, it's... I have, so I have Mi, Mi Ibanez here. I got yeah. this Telecaster. I have a, I do have a real Fender Telecaster that has... Well, this um, is real. It is a real it's, one. It's a lower model But I have, the, you know, I have, I have an F-hole Telecaster. I've got... Uh, so a semi-hollow body? Yeah. It's a thin line. It's a 69 reissue of, of a thin line. That's I've, I've cool. got your Les Pauls. I've got a knockoff Les Paul. I've got a GNL. So you have Strat. a regular. GNL was a good company. GNL, awesome. That's my birth year guitar. It's a 1991. No, really GNL was very cool because they were disgruntled. That was still Leo Fender. Yeah, they were disgruntled people from yeah. Fender who sort of went out and did their own yeah. thing. And they didn't fully take off, but they had better build quality than yeah. Fender, I remember. But so I, you know, I, I have all of these like inconsistent guitars there no no two are really the same they're all different and that's consistent with your musical taste because you're you're not discriminatory for me yeah. uh for me it never mattered it's right. a, a guitar is a guitar and it's it is and it's you know people always give me a lot of shit because they're like well this is you know this is this cheap you know crafted in china whatever who yeah. gives a damn and i'm saying let me break it to you bud this is a piece of wood they're all pieces of wood. It's got strings. It's got a neck, and I can tell it exactly what I want it to do, and it does exactly what I you need. You realize in the show that's kind of sacrilegious what you're saying. It now. is a little bit. That's good. But it's it's a different mentality because I, you know, for years I was always like, oh, gotta have these big guns, and and I have the big guns. I've got them, yeah. and I love my big but, guns. But so, I know I'm cutting you off. No. But no. when you play this. Mm -hmm. Do you feel the same about it as you do with your 1969 FL Tele? Of course. Really? Of course. Because it's what you're going to pull out of that. Yes, that's so exactly you're not become. That's interesting. And you told me walking in today, you're not a gearhead. No, not at all. So you're not emotionally attached 
to, like I pointed out, you didn't know. I said, uh, I, it's got to be a three-volt neck. And I looked and I was wrong. It was a four-volt neck. Yeah. You're like, all right, great. Sure. But you, know, <laughs> you don't care. So if you say so, Dave. But, no. but, but you're about the music, but you're, not you're emotionally attached to maybe the name of your guitar and where it was in your life at that moment. Yeah. But you're not emotionally attached to the build and how the build impacts upon your art. Brand name, cost, build, never, never were an issue to me. It's, it's that idea where I can pick up any one of mine and play anything that I have to, and it will always be consistent for me. And I don't know if that's like very chameleon-esque. No, that's that point, great. Which is kind of cool. I don't, I don't I know. Think or, yeah. um, or it just, just means that I, I'm just inconsistent with how a, a guitarist should be. I mean, I no, know. I think this is, it's, it's, it's a better quality than folks who are going to artificially attribute musicality to a, a name that's on the headstock or whether it's Schechter building your bridge or just it's you know it, it is it is what it is I mean and, and at the end of the day it's an instrument and it, it, if it does my job I'm completely happy you know so I don't it, it, yeah it never mattered to me in so that you're regard. not like getting attracted to whether it's a single coil or a humbucker yeah. you're gonna there's strings there's a neck you can get it in tune mm -hmm. Now, how much do you care about things like um, what kind of action it has? Does that matter a lot I to mean, you? I mean, it does need to be able to play. It does have to be able to have, you know, a, a decent action. Mine, mine's not super low. It's, it's No, enough. that's like average action. It's, and I mean, I use, your, you know, your 10-gauge strings and stuff like that. And I mean... It, oh, it, you use 10, you don't use 8s or 9s. No, I'm a 10 guy. And that's probably because you're so percussive. I, I think I just always had for, for a while. I remember reading, because one of my favorite guitarists, um, not necessarily genre, you know, fluent with me, is Richie Blackmore. Really? And he and Stevie Ray, they use 13s, which is just ungodly crazy. That's a, that's un, like inhumanly possible. I don't know how that works. Um, I just like heavier because you do get a little bit different sound. It's a little yeah. punchier. It's it, and especially because I'm you know neck pickupping everything regardless of my guitar. Um, it it always kind of gives. Well, a Well, look at that right there. You got it in the neck position on your so right here, mm -hmm. without even thinking about it. There she be. Yeah, there she be. So you got you got both. You got you got the bridge pickup, and then you've got the. Uh, the neck pickup, and that's where you leave it. And this is so great for me, not being a gearhead, because this is that you couldn't get more simple. No, this. you can't. Yeah, I mean, this well, you is could, simple too. Because the original tellies were one pickup. It was guitars. just one pickup and like one knob. If yeah, if you had anything. one. No, it's a pot. No, it's, it's, it's <laughs> this is yeah. pretty knobby, Dave. Yeah, that's yeah, being, you're right. That's you're me right. being a gearhead. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> right. It's um, but yeah, that was I I, I always just it, you know it was a guitar for me. That was things. I, I there was a ton of um gentlemen I've worked with before and they were just these major gearheads and it was always like oh it's got 16 spacing here and the fret this and the neck this and this and that and this and that like, that's cool can you play it that's I think you're right and me. I think your attitude is is more pure than someone like mine and and and, and in no, all no, candor it's, it's just opinion and no it's, it's you know. but and for me like I'm not as committed to music I'm, I'm a lawyer all day long yeah, you know that's that's impressive too though but, thank you but I'm <laughs> but but you're don't sell yourself short thank you thank you but your your devotion is to what you're creating and what you're performing, mm -hmm. and I think that's great. And you're not getting hung up on or over interested in it. It's in the the physicality of the guitar. The guitar is simply the medium through which you create and perform your it's, art. It could be a microphone, essentially. It's just me right. getting it out there. I mean, I I had known players who had had like 15 less Pauls, and that's awesome. I mean, it's yeah. cool walking through and seeing this beautiful museum, but that always kind of bored me. Yeah. And I always thought, wow, there's so much more out there. Well, talk to us. We talked uh, before about some of the older um, people you might teach who have the fancy rigs. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, right. it's so totally cool, and I, I love that kind of thing, but they would always, you know, kind of come to me and be like, you know, why are you playing this, you know, 
$135, you know, stock. Is that all that was? Yeah, so it was 180 and then with my discount at the shop, it went to 135 and I brought that. I went, got my big jar of change, I cashed that in at the bank, and I, <laughs> I was so That's proud. That shocks this me that you can buy change. a Fender oh, yeah. for under 150 bucks. That's pretty cool. And that was, and that was the outlook, you know, when everyone see, they saw a lot of the, my, you know, students or some of, some of my elders would, would see it, and they saw a price tag. Right. They're like, well, this is cheap, so it's not good. Right, right. And I mean, you know, I don't have that great of a car, but it still does the same thing every other car does. Right. Grant, I'm not a car person either, you know. But it's that it's that whole that kind of aesthetic where a lot of people it's you know the name brand and the cost, and obviously those instruments are built fabulously. So like I have a, it's a Gibson SG Supreme. It's midnight blue. What year? It is. When did I get that? I was 16, so that was 2006. You bought it new. Yeah. Okay. It it was. It was a lot. Yeah, and that's it's so it's so funny because with that it's a great guitar of the double cutaway and it's great. Very neck heavy though because the body's is so thin and it yeah. wants to just take a shot every time. But but you got great access because oh you have all that all the danger zone is now yeah. more easily accessible. Right. Um, and I I love that guitar. It's a midnight blue, so it's like a sunburst, but it's a blue burst. And it and it's it's, it's not an Epiphone, it's a Gibson. It's a Gibson. Okay. The big fat beautiful abalone inlays. It's gorgeous. It's a work of art. Right. And I have all of my you know guitars set up by the same person. Um, I'm thankful that my, my uncle is a luthier, and he's you know he's is the he only, really he's the only guy I trust. He also played bass in that blues trio we talked about. Oh, that's pretty and cool. he was one of my big musical influences for upbringing okay. as well. What does and he build? He he's I mean he's built tons like guitars and basses and things, but mainly it's he does a lot of setups and, and electronic okay. work, and he's he's fabulous. He's the right. best. He is has just like the, the the Midas touch, and that's a, I only trust him with my stuff. That's the only person I touch. So he's gonna I'm gonna. So he's going to take, well, the nut doesn't really need much on this guitar, but some guitars you're going to have an adjustment yeah, there, the bridge. fret levels, all sorts of stuff like that. He's going to take, flip it over the truss rod. Very, very meticulous stuff. And I've had that SG, that right. the big gun, set up yeah. by him. Is that your, sort of your fanciest guitar? I have a couple bigger guns like that, too. I want to hear. Um, but I had that set up by yeah. he, and then I had... I have another Ibanez. It's an, it's called a GX70, and it's okay. another. It looks like a fat SG. It's red. It's okay. like a very starter guitar. It's like a candy apple red. It's a cool guitar. It was eighty-five dollars at a tent sale. That's that's a great deal. So I had yeah. them both set up, and that guitar is normally about a two hundred dollar guitar. I had them both set up by the same person, and that red Ibanez has more mojo than the big guns. Really? And that's just how it. I love that blue SG. I really do love it, but it just it's. It's, it's got the mojo. It just kind of works. Yeah, you know? well, I mean, Gibson, I'm, I'm more into Fender than Gibson. Yeah. Gibson is always a little more money than the Fender. Yeah, oh, boy, are they. <laughs> They're built better than the Fender, yeah. but they can't create, they can't recreate the character of a Fender, I don't think. Character is a, a very important word with an instrument, and I mean, that's, and yeah. that's what, this, this to me had character when I played it, and that was, that stuck out more than a price tag, than a name. And, and the funny thing is, <clears throat> the character you're talking about is what it's pulling out of you. It, yeah, it's not even a real tangible thing. No, it, it's, this could have been any guitar that you happened upon that day well, would I, have pulled the same character out of you. Well, I also do believe it does have a character as an inanimate object. All right, so I'm dissing your guitar. I apologize to the guitar. It's, she's she's going to be good. It's okay. All right, we'll all talk right. later. But I also see it as because it's a, it's a very action-reaction kind of thing. Okay. So it, and it does have a certain feel to it, and it right. does have a character like that. It does bring out of me that I'm also getting from. I mean, right. it's my partner when I play. This is my closest. Now, partner. Now you know what that pickup's called, right? The small one. The old lipstick. The lipstick. See, yep. I'm cool. Yeah, yeah you got it. You got your gear. Rest. You I'm got. A, I'm a cool guy. Yeah, there you go. That's a <laughs> lipstick pickup. Yeah, that's like my my minimal knowledge, like that kind of thing. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I've, I've learned a lot through doing it for all these years, but that was never crazy importance for me. But what's funny is that, so you've got this, but then you've got like an amp that most guitar players would salivate over. So what's the history of your boogie? That boogie was owned by Mr. Mario DiBartolo, who okay. is another local musician extraordinaire. And uh, he, was, he was selling it at a music shop I was working at for the time. And I, I mean, I was happy to get it from him because hopefully a lot of his mojo went into it. Right. So hopefully I could get so some of it So that's why you're feeling it because for someone who's not a gearhead, mm -hmm. you could just as easily have gravitated toward a solid state, you know, basic 1995 practice amp that's 50 watts or something like that. But th th this, this is a storied amp. Do you notice, do you feel the sort of the warmth that the tubes are creating for it you? It does have a, have a great feel to it, but I mean, a lot of it too, I think, is the person playing it is very important as well. Okay. Because um, I have, this is one of my main gigging amps. Another one of my main gigging amps I have, it's a, called a PV Envoy. It's a solid state little yeah. who cares amp. Right. And it feels and plays great. It has beautiful sound. And it so does. it's a, like a 20, is it bigger than a 20 water? It is, it's a, it's a 35. And just a single 12 in there or yeah, something like that. Small little guy. And right. it's, it, again, it's, it's, you know, it's... You mic your amp, you're fine. You mic it and you can get a yeah. good sound of it. And that, that always matters Do you to me. mic this guy? Oh, yeah. Right. And I, I think the one, the one thing whenever I'm looking at amplifiers, I always just crank the clean channel because I want it to be crystal clear and perfectly clean. Yeah, you don't play, you don't play with, a, with, I mean, well, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're, you don't, I don't think... Today I didn't. Today okay. I was, today I was all, all clean, but in the band stuff I do use a lot of fuzz and, you will. and stuff like that. I mean, I, my pedal board is very reserved and tiny. I have okay. three pedals, one of which is a tuner. So okay. it's really, it's So not what do you much. use? I have my two pedals. I have one's the Black Rat. Okay, I never heard, oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> and um, that was, it was a, it's a reissue of a pedal from the 70s. So it's it a just, pedal, it's, it's, it's a, a stomp box, I guess. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> that was me stomping it. So it's not a wah-wah. No, it's an actual stomp box. And the other one I have is the Full Tone, which is a very, very popular one. It's just um, That has two different kinds of drives that you can use. And I kind of go from more intense to less intense to least intense, and that's kind of the order I go in. I see. And you're, you're so much more about the playing than all the details about the... I, I never got crazy into a lot of effects stuff. I love people who can use them well and, yeah. it, and it's really kind of brings out their stuff but also there were a lot of people who I had grown up with playing and you have 15 effects on and you're kind of just hiding behind the playing. yes and well, I always was kind of a little weirded out because my whole looking at it was if you can't do it perfectly clean yeah then you gotta you gotta work on it let me ask you this so did you see the special with Jimmy Page Jack White and yeah. the edge and the edge yep one of these things is not like the other exactly and who does not like the other? I would say Jimmy Page wouldn't be like the other. Oh, personally. really? Which, who, who was yours? Well, I felt like the edge didn't belong on it. Well, yeah, I, I also agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, um, he and, and Jack White are very, very effect heavy. Yes. In that regard. Right. And I felt like Jack, you got, I love the edge. Oh. But he didn't belong yeah. in that special at all. I would, I, mean? I would have probably put like a Jeff Beck there. Would be, yeah. would have been a yeah. cool choice because it would have been a different dynamic. Yeah. Or, or Ron Wood. Yeah, Everyone great under, choice. He, he never, he doesn't get the, he, I like him much better than uh, Keith. Yeah, yeah. You know? But um, but yeah, you know, like, I love what The Edge does, and he takes the effects and makes them his artistic tool. That's, yeah, he does it in a different, in a different way. But he's he, not, yeah. he's not like the guitar playing, you wouldn't want, I mean, I'm sure he's perfectly fine with a clean tone, but you wouldn't think of him the way you think of him now if he just had a clean tone. Yeah. 
Yeah, know? that's that's very true. It wouldn't. Well, nothing would sound the same because literally he's plucking a note every like ten seconds. It's just yeah. echoes and reverbs and yeah. all sorts of stuff like but that. But he made that his art. That's that's what it was. And, yeah. and I'm a huge U2 fan, but it was shocking to me to hear him and Jimmy Page yeah, together. They, they, I remember the clip. They're all doing the cashmere and and uh, Jimmy Page showing how he does that weird special tuning. Yeah. I, I, would just, I always assumed it was played a certain way, and I was completely wrong. It's like yeah. this very like batshit tuning. And, and I felt the awkwardness that the two other guys felt like, why are we on the same special as Jim yeah. Page? Because they're not even remotely at his level. I mean, I they're think. both incredibly talented. In different in, ways, In, in different ways, yeah. which, is, which is fine, though. Yeah, they're wonderful, yeah. you know. But I, I could sense, like, and, and Jimmy was feeling it, too. He's like, oh, who are these why kids? Why am I here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I felt that. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about your band. Sure, I'd love or to. Or a lot about your band. Yeah, we oh, could even put him you. down. You could. Now I uh, owe those guys a whole lot. Um, so our rule here is pick up the guitar anytime you want and you know show us some stuff, some shit as we're talking. Sure. So your band is called The Mischief. Yes. Okay, how, how long have you guys been around? We have been around since 2012. Okay. And there has been you know a couple different iterations of, of members coming and going. Right. Um, but the, the core guys are who are still there, it's been 2012. All right, and your name is in the band. It is. So it is. It, it's Charles Larita and the Mischief. The ampersand, not the and the. It's oh, very, very. There's an ampersand. There's has to have. That's classy, okay. I thought. All right. <laughs> Which yeah. is terrible for Instagram because when you do like handles on any internet thing, they don't let you do that symbol. Oh, really? So I have to put and the, and that kills me. It physically. So, hurts so what, what's the composition of the band? You've got you on guitar and vocals. Um, I have myself, guitar and vocals. We have bass and drums. Okay. And then the horn section is comprised of trumpet, tenor sax, and barry sax. I, Which is I, great because for writing standpoint, because I'm very big into theory and everything like that, having instruments in different keys is very mm -hmm. crazy. So we're like guitars are in the key of C, naturally. Okay. And where you have a trumpet and tenor sax are in the key of B flat. And then you have barry sax, which is the key of E flat. So it kind of changes where everything's put on the staff when you're, when you're writing things. The, I, I loved, what's the video I like with the rat? the world. Show us that a little sure. of mine. That's a that's a kind of that's a great song and a great video. Thank you. And that the whole video was kind of an homage to Ray Harryhausen, who's one of my heroes. He was an old film guy. He did a lot of stop motion in films. It, he did uh, Jason the Argonauts and the Seven Voyages. Okay. Uh, the Clash of the Titans was he. Oh, and he did that. That's a great that's movie. That's an awesome movie. And Who, um, wait, wait. The star of that was he was a soap opera guy. Yeah. That well, I also know uh, of Clash of the Titans. Um, Lawrence Olivier was in that too. Oh, I'm Who's thinking of a later version. I'm thinking of the '70s version of it. That's the well, Lawrence Olivier. Olivier was pretty old in it. So oh. it was because that was in the '70s. So I forget <sighs> the gentleman who was the lead. He was like a Knots Landing kind of guy. Yeah, he was, yeah. Um, he's pretty boy. Yeah. But uh, but he had a uh, Harryhausen had a film called The Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms. Okay. It precedes Godzilla by a couple years, and I and it actually inspired Godzilla. And I love that film because it's you know giant lizard going through the town. And yeah. I always loved that. Yeah. And that's why I was like, I want to do that myself. And, and your video is fabulous because Thank you. it's in it's fabulous. It's in black and white. It's super cheesy, but it, it, we, we it, love and it. And it looks so fake. Oh, yeah. And I know you I know you did that on purpose. Yep. And Scott and I were talking about it, and we, we loved it. And Scott's a film guy, too. Yes. And, and, you know, immediately anyone who appreciates that stuff knows it's an homage to bad oh, movies. Oh, totally, yes. You know? Yeah. I, lo so. I love the, the B-sci-fi movie stuff. That's always really yeah. cool. And it was fun to build a miniature town because I did that all myself. That whole thing was like a me production. I had a couple yeah. of other bands. And you had what? So she, this woman, is she the one who's in it? Who? Yeah, she's the screaming. She, we had to have this, the screaming vixen, as they say. Yeah, the so, so she's in it, and she's like back against the wall oh, screaming yeah. and things like and that. And we did the Jaws shot, which was great, where it's the... 
the, 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 the analog zoom pulls out while you're moving the camera inward, and it kind of makes that weird, kind of trippy effect. Right. Which is like my favorite. So, now, the song mm -hmm. rules the world. Rule the world, yeah. Rule the world. Yes. Okay. So, tell, show us that song. So, I love, um, that's, that's definitely one of our favorite. We always like opening with this one, because it's okay. a really big punch when, yeah. it, when it kicks in. And this is one of the ones where I'm very much emulating what the bassist is doing as well. And that always was a challenge in the beginning because it was coordinating myself to sing over top of a counterpoint actual rhythm. Okay. Which is very weird. But it's the main part of it is kind of, it's a chromatic run. This is what we, we just talked about. That's a chromatic. That is, right. that's a chromatic run. Yeah. Which is very cool. So it goes from your minor one to your flat third all the way chromatically up to your five. And that's kind of the, the build of that. And it's really cool. Um, so it's a... A little bit of the lyrics. Oh, so, so if I could fly, I would save the world, yeah. And evil men would have to go through me. Well, baby, I could try my, my best to get that girl. If I save the world, well then she'd come to me. And it's very percussive. It's very rhythmic. Oh, it's fantastic! Um, but it needs to be for what I wanted. For what I kind of wanted to bring out. So, so that song is it meant to just be a fun song, or was there something serious? Because the video obviously is. A oh, fun it's so video. goofy. <laughs> when you wrote it, uh, is there some meaning, like sort of a deeper level of meaning behind, it, or was it meant to just be a fun song? That's that's the that's the fun part. Is I actually I rarely talk about when any of my stuff's written. About You'd it. rather it mean to the listener, whatever. Exactly. They, they I pull like out it's, of it. it's what did you get from it, and that's what's what's kind of fun with that, where it's. As opposed to being like, oh, it's X, Y, and Z. It's, it's what did you hear? Were you able, because it's vague enough where you're able to project something right. onto it. And I, I always love that with songs. Like, there's always a, a huge like, handful of songs that I always gravitate back towards because it's like, oh, I really like what, or right. it really grabs me. Really, I really feel this. And it's, it probably is nothing what I'm thinking it is. Right. Well, but, it's, it, but it works for one me. One of the best know. examples of that I'm thinking of, You're So Vain, Carly Simon. Exactly. People wonder, who is that about? Mm -hmm. And it is all this speculation. It was a story, I think, in the Times recently. Yeah. And she's sort of coy about it. Yeah. And, you know, there'll be a, like a breaking story that apparently it's, I forgot, but it's about somebody. Yeah. So your, your point is that you'll write something that, that's authentic to you, that's meaningful, or even not meaningful to you. It, I mean, a lot of my stuff usually does have decent meaning. But you could write something that doesn't. It's portrayed in a different way. Right. So. But you could write something that doesn't have meaning to you and let the listener mm -hmm. maybe cull some meaning out of it. Yeah, which is, which is fun. So, I mean, th it's, it's cool because the idea a lot of people kind of get from that one, and I mean, what it more so is in a straightforward sense, um, and how the verses are written, it's the, the first kind of lyric is, if I could fly, I would save the world. Right. Evil men would have to go through me. And then it kind of builds and builds and builds and from the ground you know the, the ground level kind of outside looking in right it, the song progresses as this person has a power and then it gets stronger and then it overtakes them and it's the whole idea of you know if i came crashing down you know the man who could you know could fly and that's a whole big deal with that so everyone's like oh it's this cool superhero kind of thing it's like yeah sure 
And right. I just kind of leave it at that. And it's like, yeah, good, good. Get I think that's me. a great attitude. It's, because it's, it's very androgynous. Because if somebody is grabbing a meaning out of it and then they meet you or hear you're in the show and you talk and about it. it help them in some way or, or, they, or it really pulled them, then I did my job. Right. And I was going to say the opposite is that if you did something different than what you do and you say, oh, this is about, you know, when I had a vacation at the Jersey Shore eight yeah. years ago, suddenly what they pulled out of the song is killed. Yeah, exactly. And, it, and if you remain just, it's whatever you want it to be, whatever you can pull out of it for I, yourself. I always loved that. I thought that that's was, very that was, cool. That was fun in, in a way, just right. because it's 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 like yeah, you got this from that. That's that's great. Right. I, I love that. And I mean, and when it does come down to it, I write for myself, not in a selfish way, but right. it is that idea where it's you know this is these are my feelings, these are my words, and it's coming right. from me. It's not for meant to be for a group of people. It's it's if you like it, then that's that's fantastic. But that's the only way you could really keep it authentic. Yeah. The minute you're writing for an intended audience, it's, it loses its and authenticity. And you do, kind of, you, pig, you know, pigeonhole yourself, right, as they right. say in the pigeon world. Right. Uh, but you know, it's, it, it's, it's that whole idea where it's, it's just I want to be happy with it. And right. I mean, I have tons and tons of songs. I mean, I was in a rut for about two years where I didn't write. I have the one notebook I've been using since high school. Really? I hadn't written for about two years. I and I was just in such a rut because it's just it's not something you just sit down and just do it. It right. just has to kind of come to you. And inspiration comes in all sorts of weird shapes and forms. It does. And we it had finally hit. And Dim, I, I got back. Did you listen to the Dim interview? Yeah. He yeah. talked about the antenna. Yeah. He just sort of keeps his antenna up. And then whatever comes in, that's what he... So so you went two full years two without writing? Years. Yeah. And it's, it's... I mean, that falls in line with a very compulsive nature that I have and a very perfectionist kind of view. So you felt like if it wasn't good enough, you won't... Yeah. I have, I have so many songs I'm working on or and right. if they're not perfect no one will ever hear them really which is, which is fine and because my whole outlook it was you never half-ass it because well, you know what happens when you half-ass it one butt cheek that doesn't that doesn't do anything that's very clever <laughs> so but you're not writing one four five songs like not I noticed that you know I sort of sampled you whatever I can get on, on you know YouTube and stuff and you're not writing musically simple things no, That's not the but I, I do like I do like musically simple things. I mean, and you're not against it. I'm not. Not at yeah. all, because less is always more in that regard. So, all right. But you know, you forced an anecdote out of me. I'm so sorry. So it's okay. So I'm in my frat house, 1985 or six. Nice. And Phil, um, our spoiled young guitar player, was playing some ab absurdly fast, annoying lead in the basement. A bunch of us are on the first floor, and one of the guys said what you said. You know what? Less is always more. Yeah. And then some of the other guys said, well, less is usually more, but it's not always more. <laughs> it depends. And then, then it devolved into, well, what if you only played one note every 10 minutes? That's... We got so serious, there was actually almost a fist fight. That got, that got very deep. It did. For a frat house. <laughs> it did. It was deep. funny because we had five bands operating out of one basement. Oh, wow. <laughs> and um, it was such an intense fight over sort of the purists who would just say, no matter what, you can't play a fast lead, you can't, you know, even appreciate popular music. To the other side, which is, you know, we love, back then Van Halen was a burgeoning band, or yeah. whomever you want to emulate. And it was, it was, it was literally, there was shouting, people had to be separated. <laughs> and it was all started with the less is more, and then one of, I was in the middle, and I, I said, was, I didn't give you like horrible, like flashbacks little from PTSD that. PTSD okay, I was going to yeah. say, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I apologize. But, but I wanted to temper it. I thought, well, within reason, yeah. less is usually more, but how far can you take the less? Uh, but I, I actually agree, you know, in terms of, if this is the sliding scale more with you over here, yeah. 
that Les usually is. Louie Louie, look at Louie yeah. Louie. That's a three chord wonder. it's funny I say that and then I showed you what I just played and it's kind of that completely That's defeats a, the purpose. But the, no, the, what you just played is like, I love that. I, I, I could listen to you play that all night long. It is essentially over one chord for a lot of it though. It's just so I'm you're, doing a lot of you're fun playing stuff around it. around the chord, yes. and then I think, and again, like I started this to you too, but so many of their songs are two chords. Yeah, it's just really really simple stuff. You know, and and I always thought the genius of them was really in Bono, <laughs> the egomaniac, but he's wonderful, <laughs> right? Because he could build these melodies around two chords that the edge is creating sort of these beautiful and he things. He has the orchestral with. feel in the background with the big echoing guitars and everything yeah. like that. And know? then Bono just builds these melodies around them, and they're stunning. You know, um, what's, uh, it's just A to D. What song is it? I mean, it's every song they have, I guess. Yeah, I was saying, it's, it's pretty much made, that's the whole the But first e even albums. I Will Follow is three chords. Yeah. You know, so, but but your your stuff is much more sophisticated than it that. It depends, yeah. You know, and even, and it's funny because. I wouldn't say sophisticated, because I, then I feel I feel bad for that. It's it's more so, uh, it's just a different flavor. Let's find the word, or a different flavor, that works. All right. Always food, when in doubt, we always go to food. <laughs> or at right. least I do. No, it always works, it always works. So, I will shock you right now. We just hit an hour. Did we really? Every guest says the same thing. Wow. And that's a good thing. Cool. Um, th this has been fantastic. No, I, I really had a lot of fun today. Share with us how do people find this is so I'm like a 55 year old guy asking a 20 year old. No, like, it's just fine. fucking Google us, you'll find us. Yeah, I was gonna that's just, right, just so fucking Google. Yeah, so Charles Larita yes. and the mischief. So they could find you. Uh, we have charleslarita.com. That's okay. like the main hub for right. everything, and that will take you everywhere. Right. I mean, we're Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Um, and yeah, you can find all of our music. We're on pretty much all the streaming platforms. Right. Of whether it be you know Spotify, Apple Music, L-A-U-R-I-T-A. All right, Charles, or not Charlie, Charles. Oh, God, no. <laughs> name me one famous musician who goes by Charles as a uh, first name. Ooh. Uh, I thought of that driving in. Oh, I, I didn't. <laughs> um, that's a good question. I don't think there are. I think it's pretty cool. I guess so. Everyone goes by Charlie. I was never crazy with any of like the... Uh, the Charlie the, Watts. The, the different, yeah, Charlie Watts. I was never crazy with any of the nicknames because Charlie's my father. Right. And then when I hear like Chucky and Chaz, those are kind of geeky. And yeah. Chuck was probably like the big jock in high school that or made fun Chuck of me. Or Chuck Berry. Yeah, right. well, Chuck Berry's cool. But 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 it was. I thought it was really cool that you go by Charles other than Ray, who has it as his last name. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah it was just, it felt... It felt fine. So I mean, I was born with it. There you go. <laughs> Your parents did good with it. They did pretty did well. well. Right. So it's charleslarita.com. Correct, yes. Look for you on, uh, what's that thing called? Instagram. Instagram. All the Instagram. cool kids are using it. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of yeah. old. I have one, but Scott runs it for me. I don't know how to do it. If I didn't have a band and have to stay relevant with music, I would probably not be on social right. media. Right. <laughs> Honestly, People could find you all over But the they place. can, but I am on social media. You can find right. me everywhere. And then let me do this. Look, I'm learning how to do promos. Oh, I love it. Thank so, you. All right. So you've got, these are your two CDs. Mm -hmm. People still make CDs, apparently. We do. I love them. It's funny you say CDs because I always say just say record or album. That's even better. I, 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 it's old school in that in no, regard. I, but I just uh, hooked up my den. I told you before the show, I have a den and turntable. Well, don't put those on there. No, no, that would probably scratch it up a bit. <laughs> All right, this has been fabulous. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you so you much. Very much. So listen, we we're having a great time here on Guitar Tales. I want to put another thank out. Thank thanks out to uh, Riverview Studios. Uh, we really appreciate your support. Another thing I want to talk about. If you enjoy the show, if you enjoy our guests, uh, we're having a heck of a time getting people to hit a one little button on uh, YouTube called subscribe. I don't even hit that button, but I'm asking you to do it. I did. You did. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but that will help us. It'll help get the show out there. It'll help, more importantly, 
let you know when we put out new shows, there's a whole process, there's a lot of people who put a lot of work into these shows, including up, uploading it onto YouTube. So if you subscribe to it the second the show goes live, instead of waiting for your Facebook feed or something like that, you'll get that from us. Uh, I want to put another thank out um, to uh, Scott, guitar assist Engel, publicist extraordinaire. He's been fabulous. He promoted your show beautifully. Uh, we have great shows coming up. Matt O'Ree, we're working on scheduling him. We have Todd Yasui coming up. We have Randy, who runs an amazing music shop, who's a great music promoter coming up, and many more shows coming. Uh, you could find us on guitartales.com. You could find us, yes, on Instagram. You could find us on YouTube. You can find us on Vimeo. And on Facebook, we have a Guitar Tales page. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We will see you again next time. My name is Dave Cohen. Have a great night.